Welcome to Reactive. I am one of your co-hosts, Rockbot. Uh, Raquel Velas, I guess that's my name. Uh, and this is Khalil. Hello. And Henning is sadly not with us this week um, for reasons. Mm, yeah. Uh, so apparently his, uh, so his, uh, his laptop is, has been uh, carried away by a um, uh, villainous raccoon. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, uh, a, a mean, mean old raccoon yeah. uh, swiped his laptop and is holding it hostage. Exactly. And um, so now Khalil has, or not Khalil, Henning. Henning, you're Khalil. Henning has that's to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Henning has to has to negotiate with the raccoon. Yes. So apparently. So, so maybe yeah. he's going to get it back tomorrow. And uh, I think the raccoon wants some nuts and like. Yeah. Well, I mean, else. raccoons do anything. Probably wants like, I don't know. Some, some trash? Sort of... Does it want trash? Maybe? No, 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 no. Raccoons like like quality food, right? Like, oh. It uh, wants, it wants like a, like a, um, I don't know, some sort of bolognese pasta or Ooh, like a, okay. uh, maybe Maybe some brie and cheese with some grapes. Nice. I can you know, understand that. I can understand that. Right. I mean, yeah. this is not just any any old raccoon. No, I mean, this th- raccoon is smart enough to grab a computer. Yeah. And I mean, um, those are very reasonable requests. I would want those things. So <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah. So right. this is just life. It just happens. Yeah. It just happened. So that's why, that's why Henning's not with us right now. Um, maybe, maybe he'll negotiate in time to get to, uh, <clears throat> to chatting with us but maybe not yeah we'll see we'll see okay well in any way good in so, other news what happened so many things oh my god so many things happened this week um i got a promotion at work Woohoo! that's amazing so what are you now you are i am i am now the tech lead of the web team at npm so awesome uh before i was i was uh, you know, a, a member of the of the dev team uh, of the of the web dev team, and mm-hmm. um, and now I'm I'm leading them on a technical level. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, basically, you, you you were saying before that you were kind of moving in a more managerial role. I think. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I was trying things out, and I, I tried. I was trying some project management, and then it it just became clear that um, really what we needed me to do was step into a tech lead position. And it's funny because for a long time, I really, really, really didn't think I was capable of doing the tech lead job. I was like, well, I'm not really very good at technical stuff, which FYI, this is called imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, uh, computers and I don't really get along. <laughs> um, I like people. People are cool. Yeah. Um, you know, so stuff. And and ultimately, within the last few weeks, um, there were enough things that were pointed out to me. Like, you do realize you're already doing this and you're already doing that and you're doing all these other things and you're doing them really, really well. And did you know that you're actually extremely technical and very good at what you do technically? And I'm like, what? so anyway so that's really awesome my job is very it's it's really hard right now um because i'm like learning all sorts of new things and trying to understand all sorts of stuff so my brain is just 
exploding every day. Okay, that's cool. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. So congratulations. That's really, really cool. And, yeah. and, and does it mean that, um, so, so, so what does that mean? So do you have to know, like, you have to know uh, everything about all the servers that run the website and you have to know, like, all the front end stuff and the back end stuff? Like, what does it mean? Uh, um, you make, so, have to make decisions uh, on stuff like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so I think one of the biggest misnomers about tech leads is that people think that a tech lead on a team has to know everything has to be the absolute expert in absolutely everything mm -hmm. and can basically do all the work of the entire team if needed. Mm -hmm. And that is so not true because I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing I've been doing web development for less than five years. Um, and I have people on my team who've been doing it for upwards of 15. And um, what that really means, at least in my book, is that the the tech lead The tech lead's job is to kind of be the person to get everybody's opinions all into one place mm -hmm. and make sure that everybody has consensus when being presented with a, a technical challenge. And then on top of that, so it's, it's, it's an intermediary between the team and then also the project manager and, um, and other parts of the company. So when people are like, hey, web team, why aren't you doing this technical thing? Well, the tech lead stands up and says, hey, Like, I'm going to speak for my team, but I'm not going to make decisions for my team without talking to my team first. Mm -hmm. um, and so really, it's, it's, it's an intermediary. It's a bridge. It's, the job is to, is to make sure that your team is running really well and doing the best job they can, like happy and healthy from a programming standpoint, um, making sure that when the project manager says, hey, we need to do this thing, The tech lead is like, hey, wait a second, let's talk about this. Do you realize what you're asking for? Uh, if you want me to ship, if you want us to ship this in a week, we're going to have to cut down these requirements. If you want, if it's okay for us to ship in three weeks, then we can keep the requirements as is, blah, 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 blah. You know, like here are the technical limitations given our stack. And you don't necessarily have to know all of the nitty gritty details of stuff, but you do need to understand how your stack works, like how, like a lot of it's process oriented. Like right now we're talking a lot about process and figuring out what's the best way to go from project manager creates a story to we've shipped that story. That mm -hmm. whole, mm -hmm. like every step along the way is actually kind of complex. And if you don't think about that process thoroughly, people are going to get caught up in hangups and bottlenecks. And it's just really frustrating. And devs don't really feel like they're shipping code. If, Like they're not happy if they're not shipping code and they don't feel like they're shipping code if there are bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. So basically my job is to figure out where the bottlenecks are, make sure that uh, communication is flowing through, making sure that the team is making the technical decisions while I am taking responsibility for all those technical decisions. So I have mm -hmm. to trust my team yeah. and they have to trust me. And um, yeah, I've been doing it for like, three whole days and it's terrifying <laughs> wow, wow. It's, but it's fun it's super fun yeah it sounds really cool and yeah it also yeah. sounds like there is there is uh, like some sort of managerial stuff uh, part is part a little of it bit. right a little yeah bit like... yeah i mean i'm not the engineering manager right um but uh you know people are still complicated little machines mm -hmm. well then we're actually actually not we're not machines at all We're animals. We're complicated. No, I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> we're animal machines. We're animal machines. <laughs> Instead of electrons, we have. Well, no, actually, we do have electrons in our bodies. Um, whatever. Exactly. So, okay, cool. Okay, good. No, no, I understand. Yeah, and this is this is really cool because um, you have a great team and you you really really trust those people. And you're kind of just like the point where everything comes together and you have to kind of orchestrate a little bit and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Right now I'm herding cats. Herding cats. No, wombats. Yeah. Well. I thought. I don't know. I feel like cats? if I were to, I mean. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's wombats. <laughs> I'm herding Wom wombats, but. I don't know. That behave like cats, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, my dogs behave like cats. So I, I don't see why wombats couldn't behave like cats, too. We'll yeah. go with that. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you this week, Khalil? <laughs> uh, I'm great. I'm great. Good. <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, I, had, I, I gave a talk yesterday at Stuttgart.js, and it Woo! went really well, I think. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, so it was about um, application architecture with with uh, reactive extensions and observables, and um, so I gave a little mini intro to observables, a little bit an intro to the concept of unidirectional data flow, which is like this pattern that is like used everywhere, like in Redux and fl like Flux Redux, whatever, all those things that how you build your application now is with some some sort of unidirectional data flow and then i i showed basically and so i gave some info about that and some you know what i think how that i think it's great and all this stuff and then and then went into just showing some code i wrote a little like example application and uh, showed them code and stuff and it was really cool like uh, people were really seemed very interested and engaged and were asking a lot of questions after so I'm I'm quite happy. It was really good. Awesome! Yay! <clears throat> Yay! <clears throat> That's super cool. And we're gonna put your slides in the show notes, right? Yeah, uh, slides are gonna be in the show notes, and the link to my to my little example project as well. Oh, um, nice! Yeah. Nice. And they don't, but they don't. Um, they didn't record or anything, right? No, I think I mean he uh, does record, um, but he doesn't upload them or anything. It's just kind of uh, I don't know. He told me yesterday I record all the things, but I don't upload them. And uh, but so because I don't know, <laughs> he's just having, he's just keeping them for now. But he's not sure if he if it's a good idea, I guess, to share all those sh things like that. I don't know. Uh, that's his business. I don't care. But I'm going to uh, I'm going to so basically my my plan is I'm I'm taking this talk on this uh, meetup tour, right? So I'm going to go to uh, at least uh, definitely I'm going to. Um, at Pod.js, which is in Bochum uh, here in Germany, and then uh, I'm going to go to what was the other one? Franken.js, which is in Nuremberg, and then I also already talked to the organizer of Berlin.js. I'm going to go there like in June or something like that. So I'm going to I'm just going to keep giving this talk. So it's actually good that it's not on YouTube. And then once I'm done, I was thinking maybe. Um, if nobody did record it, then I'm just going to record it as a screencast in the end and just put it out like that, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So you're doing the meetup tour in preparation for my meetup tour. <clears throat> uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> the, the big, the big uh, Rockbot yeah. reactive tour. That's, yeah, yeah. It's just totally. kind of, yeah, I'm just preparing everybody. It's just like, you know, what's happening next year? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, but we de definitely have to make it happen. I mean, it is, it yeah. is a must. Somehow yeah. it will happen. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you were you were also um, you were on the changelog. Uh, I was. Podcast. Yeah, the episode the episode just uh, came out yesterday. Yeah, and oh my god, like I have a bunch of like new followers and stuff. Hopefully, hopefully that means we have a bunch of new people listening to this podcast as a result because yeah, yeah. I totally was like reactive, reactive, reactive. <laughs> a podcast called reactive. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's been it's it's been a really really positive uh, group of people. Like people have been like responding to my podcast. I've like, been like at mentioning me on Twitter and being like, "I loved your your interview on on Changelog," and I was like, "Cool, that's mm -hmm. that's awesome." And they're saying really nice things. And mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the internet is not a huge tire fire, and that's pretty nice. Yeah. No, I thought um, I thought it was really, really, really good. Um, so you were really great in telling your story, and uh, I thought that they were really fantastic interviewers. It seemed like they really um, looked into, like, researched you a little bit, and they did a really yeah. great job of pulling out, you know, the, all the bits, of, bits and pieces and interesting stuff out of you. And you yeah, no, that was it was a it was a fun experience. It was super fun. Yeah. Um, would totally do it again. <laughs> that was an option. Um, but yeah, you know, so whee, that was fun. That, yeah. was, that was a lot of fun. Very cool. So definitely check that out. Uh, the link is in the show notes as well. Like it's really worth it. Uh, it's a really good, mm -hmm. a really good listen, I would say. <laughs> <clears throat> um, speaking of, of which, uh, so I, I made a little mistake. Uh, in the in the podcast, uh -huh. where I I refer to Maffintosh um, as Hackintosh, <laughs> because to me he's just like a massive like like super like amazing awesome hacker. So in my head, like I, I kind of combined hack and hack and Maffintosh into one. Yeah, so Hackintosh, and I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I messed up. That was my fault. Hopefully Oops. they linked it up uh, correctly in the show notes. I don't know if they did. Yeah. Maybe we can. Uh, if not, well, I'll just have to tell them and then yeah. correct it. So sorry, Matthias. But when I was listening to it, I knew who you meant. Uh, yeah. But I totally didn't realize. I was like, Hackintosh is the. Uh, it sounds 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 like correct enough. I wasn't hundred percent sure, <laughs> but then today uh, he tweeted something, and I thought, "Hey, his name is Maffintosh," and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> <laughs> because he he tweeted out something today that um that is uh, super interesting. It's he what's it called? Um, it's another project that he did, browser sync stream, and mm -hmm. it's um a way how you can you can sync um. You can sync browserify bundles between the browser and the server. What that means is that if you go to his page, um, you get the whole you know bundle, the whole browserify bundle. It's hundreds of uh, kilobytes, and <clears throat> and um, but when you when you go there the next time. Um, and something changed in the bundle, there is something new, it will not download the whole bundle again. It will actually just sync the diff between 
the server and the browser and and then kind of insert it into the bundle or something crazy like that in the browser on the browser side it's crazy amazing <laughs> yeah totally i mean <clears throat> sometimes i sit here and i'm like what on earth like why 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 does he do this stuff i don't even know like him and Faras, like they just do kind of wild things mm-hmm. with code and i'm just like what inspired you to do this? Mm-hmm. And I think I think what they do is they just wake up from like a really like ridiculous dream and then they just go, "Yes. <laughs> I will build that." And then they just go and build it and it's like I don't know why this is important, but I'm really glad you built it. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's just so cool and mind-blowing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I feel that there's a pattern a little bit with those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a, they definitely, especially Maffintosh. I also interviewed him uh, on the Descriptive podcast mm-hmm. uh, um, a while ago. And it's just like, he is like, he was, he was called, he had like a nickname, like the stream, whatever, King or something like that. He, we, <laughs> like he was just like, he had, he just has so many modules on, on NPM that have something to do with streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just how, like his specialty, right? And I think Faraz is also um, in that area. He's very mm-hmm. like interested and specialized in that area, and he does a lot with this uh, like torrents. But Maffintosh was, I think, the first one who came up with this torrent streaming, or maybe they were both. I have no idea. But but anyway, this is kind of their niche. So mm-hmm. so so what 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 I'm observing a little bit here is that they just think about. So first of all. They're doing this since a long time and kind of thinking about like working with streams and, and making little modules for streamings, uh, node streaming, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they constantly just think about, okay, what could I stream? Oh, what? And then they, they came up with this whole torrent thing and like decentralizing everything. And like it's, it's just, and so they're just like, you know, for years and months and years and years, they're just thinking about, oh, how could we do this? And how could we just have everything kind of just, stream together and stream everything and and that's why this 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 happens i think and that's that yeah. happens when you when you like specialize on something and you you just dive into it and it starts really small but it just like if you stay in the niche then you start doing things that is that are kind of incomprehensible for for everybody else surrounding you watching you right because mm-hmm. they don't have the whole the context and this whole history of the stuff that you did already before and then mm-hmm. it just becomes magical which is which is fantastic and it's uh, it's yeah I'm, I'm very excited about this because i also think that what i love about the ideas that they are bringing to the table is that the idea that the, the content that we are consuming on the internet and 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 everything like browse like uh, uh websites and films and pictures and all that could be kind of just on the internet, decentralized, just streaming to everybody. Because mm-hmm. that would be so cool because you're not depending on on one single company that, that just serves you everything, like Facebook or something like that. And mm-hmm. and, and that is actually, I, I kind of feel like this is the actual nature of the internet is to be decentralized. And so if, you know, even our social networking stuff could be decentralized and all our content and stuff like that, it would be actually um much it would be uh yeah it would be better because 
popular stuff, stuff that is very popular, would actually um, stream faster because it's like peer to peer and everybody's streaming uh, instead of going slower. And and um, and it's also not kind of bound to to one place, and nobody can really just say no, you don't have access anymore because it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you remember um, Diaspora? Mm -hmm. Diaspora. Yeah. yeah. The the Kickstarter that didn't go anywhere yeah it's that that one failed yeah yeah that was the you said you said uh distributed social network and that was the first thing that came to mind i was like <clears throat> yeah i know but i think i think it will happen in other ways somehow mm -hmm. people are yeah. constantly working on on ideas it's just of course really hard for something like that to to take off mm -hmm. and also really hard for something like that to get like a really good team behind it that is like <clears throat> like like how are you going to do it without like just open source people mm -hmm. may not necessarily work you will have to kind of form a company but then i think people think maybe also okay diaspora didn't work and how can a company that built something that is decentralized and, and then in that case really is owned by everybody make money and stuff like that it's a difficult problem so mm -hmm. yeah no it's <clears throat> tricky the internet is tricky the whole thing is tricky let's yeah. all just hang out and eat chocolate <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a definitely a good a good plan I yeah mean, definitely yeah. definitely maybe even a oh, plan that the raccoon could live with mm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dogs are allergic to chocolate, so I wonder if raccoons are allergic to chocolate. Uh, mm. Well, maybe it depends eh. on the chocolate. I guess. Yeah. If it's milk and, and uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. Uh, <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Okay, so did you hear about the um, so Jade? Uh, mm. Do you remember? You remember Jade, right? The the template the templating engine. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Which uh, I actually like. A lot. I love Jade. I love significant white space. I mm -hmm. hate HTML brackets and stuff, and it's really annoying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Jade had to change its name because lawyers, mm -hmm. and uh, and now its name is Pug, like the dog. Mm -hmm. And it's I just thought that was kind of cute and entertaining, and I was like, okay. Now I have to talk about how I love using pug and stylus <laughs> instead of jade and stylus. I don't, but anyway. Are you using uh, jade in uh, for your website? Also, uh, uh, damn, uh, NPM, the website? Uh, no. So, so funny story. Originally, the original NPM website was built with EJS, which is like an expressive javascript like like it's it's a it looks like html but you can code in it so you can have like javascript in your html to make the it's a weird templating language i hate it mm -hmm. um and so when i when the decision was made to rewrite the website i was like i'm getting rid of ejs i absolutely hate it let's use jade instead mm -hmm. and our cto like threw a fit Like, no, 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 no. You cannot use Jade. And I mean, ultimately, it wasn't really his decision, but he like, like, this was the mountain that he wanted to die on. So I was like, fine, <laughs> F 
fun because he loves HTML. He loves the little brackets and the beginning and the end brackets with the slashes and the everything. He loves it all. Uh-huh, I hate, uh-huh. it, hate it all. Um, yeah. So I felt like the only compromise was handlebars. Okay. I was like, okay, it's it's at least cleaner than EJS. It it doesn't have any logic in it. I don't. It it's fine to me that it doesn't have very much logic. It has ifs and else's and yeah. unlesses, which is weird. Um, and it loops. You know, like it has enough logic in it, um, and it still looks HTML e, but it's not EJS. So. <clears throat> Okay. You know. Yeah, anyway. Handlebars is it's pretty cool. Right. So anyway, now it's called Pug, and they're working on a logo, and it's really cute because mm-hmm. you know pugs and are adorable. Is there a, a logo ideas already out there? No. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. um, there's actually a an issue uh, oh. on their Pug repo mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of different logos that people that community members have contributed. Some of them are better than others. And, uh, yeah, so just cool. FYI, people who like to write, uh, with Jade, it's no longer Jade, it's Pug. And I think that doesn't, it I'm doesn't so, flow very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice and short. I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm surprised that the name Pug is widely awa- available uh, is what they said in the issue. That's one reason why they chose it. Because, of course, yeah. Pugs are cute is one reason, but also because the name is widely available, which is kind of uh, surprising, I think. A three-letter yeah. word. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, also PugJS. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Pug sure. Lang. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. well, then every, everything is available, right? Like when you put yeah. Lang. <laughs> you would think so, but then Jade is not okay. I don't know what I heard. Yeah. Anyway. Lawyers. Lawyers. Because <clears throat> the problem is, like, like this would, I think, like uh, there are people on the issue who are like, wait, no, fight this. Mm. <laughs> the creator of Jade is like, or, you know, they, they were just like, no, I don't have the time or the money for this. Yeah, why would you do that? Lawyers. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully Blark. there's no uh, there's like no pug company coming soon. Trying to <laughs> no no pug tech company. Yeah right. yeah exactly. Uh, like uh, pugtronics. <laughs> you can't use this. <laughs> We own the pugs. Oh goodness! That's when you that's when you like get an army of pugs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure the queen knows somebody, right? Because she has an army of co- of corgis. So. She probably has a friend who has an army of pugs. You just kind of yeah. had those for a day. Would be cool to have like a scene with, uh, you know, like the pug army, like in uh, Lord of the Rings, where you have like a pug army coming down the hill from one side and the corgi army just, the corgi army just joins like last minute because they're far away and they had to like travel for like 10 days. But then they come down last minute before the, the pugs are eliminated. That would be, that would be great. Oh my goodness, I just want to stand in that field and then have all of the little dogs just like run against me and I can be like, fluffy dog! <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, sorry, there's a war going on. Yeah, there's a war. They're, like, they're just like biting into lawyers everywhere there. <laughs> But they would cuddle me. That's, what, that's the most important part. Yeah, of course, because right. you're siding with the pugs and the corgis. Of course, of yes, yes. That oh, sounds, sounds that sounds uh, that sounds <clears throat> correct. I would say. <laughs> oh goodness! So, 
in the Slack channel this week, mm-hmm. people were talking about buble, booble. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bubble. Buble. What? Buble. 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 So what? What is buble? <laughs> Um, is it, it like it's it's like Babel Light? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's like like maybe you could call it like a pro like a JavaScript JavaScript programmer fit. Yeah, somebody somebody was like somebody was using Babel and they were like, oh, Babel is this huge thing now, and it does all this stuff, and it compiles my code and then my code is bloated maybe um they felt yeah and they looking at the code and they said i can make this smaller i can make the resulting code smaller and i can make everything faster and so they did that apparently and uh, that's what buble is and buble because for some reason somehow it's apparently inspired by Babel, so it's it's maybe because maybe they call it buble because it's like it's lighter sounding than Babel uh, or something. Anyway, um, I don't I don't really uh, I don't really know. I I'm not very interested in that project. I must say uh, mm. because like the best the best uh, quote about for, that I saw about it was from Dominic Denicola. Mm-hmm. Um, what he said on Twitter, <clears throat> um, oh, let me, let me get the right one. Hold on. <clears throat> he said on Twitter, now the cycle, was that the first one? Hold on. Uh, he said, yeah, Bublé is so funny. Remember Babel started out as Tresor output is too complex because what we had before Babel was, um, a, com- a transpiler called Tresor. And, um, and, and, and basically that's, and Babel started because they were like, oh, this is too complicated. And over time, the Babel team had to learn that being spec compliant is important. And, and basically he was saying that Buble is kind of tapping into the same or walking into the same trap, right? And he says, now the cycle begins anew with a lightweight ES transpiler that generates output with oversimplified wrong semantics. So the code will still work, but it's not like, uh, quote unquote, semantically correct and might be problematic later on, I guess, (laughs) when you you actually have like ES6 or something like that. Um, Anyway, I don't know. It just, it feels to me a little bit like... um, optimizing in the wrong in the mm. wrong area maybe that's that's what what javascript developers often like uh like to do in the front end they're 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 like hyper front end developers are always hyper aware about oh um i have to keep my files as small as possible and that is like that it's it's a stadium in your in your um development as a front end developer where in the beginning you just you only care about oh I want to make this work right and mm-hmm. then you you use all kinds of libraries and use them because they make it easy for you to make it work right and stuff mm-hmm. works okay so now you're kind of leveling up 
And then you learn about performance and you're like, why is this scrolling weird? And, and why is this like janky? And then why is my site, why does it take like five minutes to load and stuff like that, right? So you've, you learn about image optimization and making them, making them lighter and about how do I break up my CSS? And, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then, and then, and then they, and then they're like, okay, I'm loading like, jQuery and Angular and D3.js and Buble.js and, and blah, blah, <laughs> and Corgi.js. And it's just like too much. And it's like slowing my yeah. site down. I'm doing everything at the top of the page. It's not, okay, I have to do it at the bottom of the page. And maybe mm -hmm. I have to like asynchronously load something. So, so you start obsessing about that. And then, and then you want to keep everything small. Like you want to cut down, like and they just go overboard because Because uh, often when you actually look at what's slowing your site down, it's often not, you know, the, the 100K jQuery code or something like mm -hmm. that. You know, it's, right. it's, it's something else. It's like, it's the way how you load things or, or it's maybe just your images or it's maybe that you're, I don't know, it could be, it could be anything. And instead of measuring exactly what it, what is um slowing down your site maybe your site isn't even slow anymore right it's just mm -hmm. like it's it becomes an obsession right and, it, and it's just like we have to have no libraries everything has to be like vanilla javascript and nothing we don't need jquery we don't need angular we don't need nothing we're just like cut it all down and 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 then it's over optimizing over simplifying and pre-optimizing pre-simplifying and all this kind of stuff And then it makes makes it harder for you, and then you have to, and then you write your JavaScript, and then you're kind of just building your own framework. You start building your own framework because in in the front end you just need some sort of a framework if you just want to get stuff done, right? You need to have mm -hmm. because it's too wordy and too complicated, and like you have the DOM, which is a problem, like the performance problems. You need an abstraction and all this kind of stuff. So. So it's, it is, you need it. You have to make good decisions, of course, and you have to optimize where you need to. But, um, and this is, this is just how this feels a little bit like that to me. Mm -hmm. It's maybe optimizing in the wrong area. Yeah. You know? Do you remember, um, do you remember Ender? Not Ember, but Ender. Mm -hmm. D. It was like, it was like jQuery Lite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like an optimized version of jQuery so that it had like, only a fraction of the 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 API that jQuery did but the idea was that it was lighter and faster and better and I remember when I was first starting out I started using Ender over jQuery because the people I knew and respected were like no 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 we have to use Ender instead because jQuery is way too big it's way too mm -hmm. it, it's it slows everything down and I was like oh, okay cool mm -hmm. it wasn't until much later that I started using jQuery and I was like This isn't actually that bad. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like <clears throat> I don't. But I mean, when you're first starting out, you don't know. Um, exactly. So, yeah. But anyway, so it sounds a little bit like that. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's so, funny. but but honestly, I don't know. We'll see. But it's it seems to be like very early beginnings, and we'll see. Um, I'm I'm very happy with Babel. It's it's great. Well, good. <laughs> and I'm happy with Node 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Node 6 is coming. I saw that Node 6 has like 99% like uh, ES 2015 compliance or implementation. Uh, mm -hmm. Like almost everything is, is green. Like Yeah, know, I'm, it's, it's I'm stoked because I don't want to have to add new things to my code. 
though I mean that will make sense for front end, but um, the nice thing is that now on the back end you wouldn't need it yeah, at all. Don't need you it just at all. Native node. It's amazing. So we anyway. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so what else? What else is going on? What else going on? Um, so um, so I I I don't know if I I think I already uh, talked about Gary V at some point. Gary V is this guy who's just talking about social media and business and stuff like that, and he's just giving all this internet kind of like he's just like for me this person is a like is like a personification of pure pragmatism and like love for humans or something like that. And and he's really good at like running his business and stuff. And he has this, and not really often really trying to push his stuff on people, even though I really like it. I like to watch mm -hmm. his videos and stuff because he comes off, you know, as, as, as maybe a little bit like high energy and people sometimes can take that really well. But, but, um, he he has this daily vlog, which is not really daily, but it's called Daily V, and and he and it's just like a, he has a, he has a film guy who's following him around, like and he is like really a hard worker, like he works from five in the morning, gets up, goes to the gym, and then works until twelve of, at night in the night, and then goes to sleep, and then stuff like that. So during the week, that's how he works, and he's kind of showing like how he's working and how he's uh, kind of talking to all those people, and he just shows like aspects of how he works and he's trying to motivate other people to also kind of you know like to to um to understand what it takes to do to um to be su like successful i guess or to if you want to go you know if you if you want to really really want to go and get something and, and fulfill your dream then you have to understand what kind of how much work you have to put in and stuff like that it, it but that doesn't matter. So what I really want to talk about is this one episode of Daily V, which was, which really like it kind of it it kind of like, um, how do like it really like it touched my heart a little bit because because he is one thing that I find a little bit f like fascinating about him is that he is like he's running this company and he built it up from twenty people or fifty people to. 600 people in a year or something like that and and he is like extremely concerned for the people that work for him right mm -hmm. so it's like he's like he, he meets with everybody and he is and he always have has time for his employees and he's he's like he says like his employees are like they come first if for him and his in his company, his employees come first, and then there's long nothing, and then the clients, right? And he's a he's he runs a client services company, right? So, and this is kind of a this is kind of a, an approach to running a company, especially in client services, that is a little bit that is not very common, right? And he was in this episode, he was just talking about this kind of like how like this mindset, and that he like he makes time for for everybody he's trying to make time for everybody if he can and he's like whenever somebody wants to talk to him they can't talk to, to him and he's always trying to find out exactly what what is what does that person want or what does that person that works for him need from him to be happy you know for some people it is it is like 
okay, they want to earn a lot of money, right? So, so then that is like a subject and talk about it and you see, okay, what is the path to making more money here and stuff like that. And then other people are, are different. They might be, you know, maybe it's to have the right people around or to, it could be all kinds of different like motivations. And he's like super uh, interested in finding that stuff out in order just because he wants to keep them. He wants to keep them in his company for a very long time. He wants them to be happy. He wants them to be able to grow and all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> and, and he, so they were at a point where now with 600 people, it's very hard for him to kind of keep up and re really meet with every single person and to, and figure that stuff out uh, properly and, and really help every employee like that. And he hired uh, a woman as the chief heart operator, he called it, or something like that, or officer, like chief heart officer or something like that, who is kind of supposed to help him scale that ability to to really t care about the humans that work for that company. And it, and it was just... It was just so so nice because I, I just I find it so so interesting and so impressive that there that, that there are co companies like that out there that really like care for the humans that work for the company first, and it just made me think a little bit of of uh, NPM also because that's kind of the image that I get from NPM that N NPM first cares about their humans and then cares about the technology and also mm -hmm. of course you know cares about all the humans that use the technology and there's for instance also this company I'm sure you know it um, what they're calling and yet Mm -hmm. And I heard an interview with one of the founders of And Yet, and he, he basically said, well, basically, this company is just a company so so that the people that work at the company can do stuff that they love doing every day, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and, and I just and I just I thought this was this was really so, so nice. And, and 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 I thought it was a really nice kind of video. And it's just so refreshing to to see that and to to feel to feel that this is this is a possibility and it's not something that i re that i really see very often and especially don't see a lot here in germany and um although maybe in general like because it's a little bit more socialist democratic it's a little bit better regulated for workers here than in mm -hmm. america but <clears throat> So, so the average maybe is a little better, but 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 just to see that extreme is just uh, really cool. And I was wondering, maybe you can you can can you, like how do you feel about about that? And do, is that also how you feel about NPM? Is that is that the case that the people who work for NPM are like the most important at their first? Mm. Yeah. So I mean, the thing is, there's always a balance, right? Um, there always needs to be a balance between uh, the people who work for your company and what your company does. And um, I think I think very traditionally for most companies that when we, whenever we talk about like big corporate, they often focus more on what the company does. Like they, they think more about what what the people who work at the company do for the company than what they think about what the company does for the people who work there if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, now that said, I have seen it skew like totally the other way where companies focus 100% on or like 95% on 
on the people who work for them. And that's wonderful. And the people who work there love working there. They feel so good. They feel wonderful. But because they're spending so much time focused on the people, they don't focus on their product. They don't actually know what it is that they're building. They don't know what, like, they haven't thought about the sustainability required to make sure that they can create a paycheck for the people that they've hired. Um, and that's, that's also really dangerous because I've seen really wonderful companies that people love working for having lots of turnover, either because they've had to lay off a bunch of people because they didn't make enough money that year, mm-hmm. um, which of course breaks their hearts, right? Like, sure. like I've, I've seen some of these companies and it amazes me how people who get laid off from the company still talk about their former coworkers with the like utmost love and respect and admiration. And it's like, wow, that's super cool. Um, so finding that balance is, is like any balance is tricky and trying to figure out what, what's important both on the product side and the people side to make sure that the product is financially sustainable enough so that you can pay the people who you want to be working at your company to stay at your company um, and, you know, kind of cycling through. Um, At NPM, we really, really do care about the people at our company. Um, There have been people who have joined the company and there have been people who have left the company. um, And, you know, so there's, there's, there's turnover just like any other company. Um, I don't know that, that everybody who's left NPM has like, I haven't heard them singing our praises, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, So it's not like that kind of company. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, we work really, really hard to make sure that we are creating a product that can give us all paychecks. So we work really hard to make sure that we get the paycheck. But at the same time, um, I, I like to think that we've created a culture that says, hey, you are important and your life is important. And it's... So the one thing I, I do want to point out here, um, one thing that really kind of skeeves me out, uh, like, you know, gives me gives me like weird feeling is when companies are like, we're a family. Mm-hmm. We care about you. Yeah. Because to me, it's like, I don't want you to be my family. Yeah. This is I want you to true. pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to pay me money mm-hmm. and I want to do good work. Mm-hmm. And that is the only thing I want out of this relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that freaks so th- me out too. Like that, yeah. that you, it makes it makes you feel like okay, you you just want trying to get away with giving me less money. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or like, if you don't get along with the rest of the family, then you know, yeah. get out or something. You know, it's like mm. really weird. I've I've worked at companies where they're like, yeah, we're a family, and then they're like, you didn't come drinking with us. <laughs> it's like because I don't like bars and I have a family, and they're like you obviously don't care about the family. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> I have my own family. Thank you very much. I do not care about you. <laughs> I didn't last long at those companies. Um, uh, but so like, so trying to figure out that balance and making sure, like, I like to think that, that NPM works really hard to toe the line between you have a life outside of NPM, uh, yeah. but we really love it when you work here. So we're going to pay you well and we're going to give you fun problems. Um, And then we're also going to respect your time. So when you say, hey, I got to go because my kid has a doctor's appointment, everybody just goes, all right, cool. See you later. Mm. You know, like there's no 
I've also worked at companies where it was like, I can't even get a dentist appointment unless it's on a Saturday, because if I, if I miss any work at all, they're going to look at me funny. And then I have to take vacation time for it, which is preposterous, right? It's crazy. Speaking of which, that was the same company that said we were a family. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, don't you want your family members to have good teeth? Come on. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. So, yeah, no. Are- no, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, at the end, like, I think, like, like, the companies that I mentioned now, they're all companies that have very defined, very clear businesses. And, and, and they, and like, I, I mean, a company that is just like creates an atmosphere where everybody's happy to work, but at the end of the day, doesn't make any money is, it's even questionable if it is really a company <laughs> or a business in the end of the day. I mean, that's, of course, uh, super important. And it, like, it's you're trying to surround, but but what 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 I found uh, in that Daily V video, what I found really uh, uh, interesting was that a client services company. So how I have le- like learned how they behave often is that the client is God, you know, because he brings the money or or they bring the money, and um, and then and then we just have to slave to make it happen and we just sell them whatever we can sell them and we just slave to make it happen and it's really really not very friendly to the employees at all and um and and to see to see like the the approach just going to completely the other way because because the people who run the company have understood that hey these people that work for us they are our product. They are the value that we have. This is, we are selling them, right? We're selling their work. So we have to like that. They're all we having, and that they're they they are all we are, we have, and we have to make sure that that they that they're happy, that they can that they do good work, but also that they're super happy. And um, yeah, I just wish that there would be um, just more companies that would strike that balance a little bit better and kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Look at yeah. building a company in that kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but that actually reminds me. I read um, a really interesting Medium article about um, who should be in charge or like who should own an engineering team's skill debt. Um, and skill debt is so kind of think of it as technical debt, right? Like, you you acquire technical debt when you um, when you kind of build features very quickly and are kind of like, well, this is really crufty, but I gotta ship this. So uh, maybe the tests aren't fully complete, or maybe there's like some scaffolding issues in your architecture, mm-hmm. or um, your like the stuff is good enough, but it's not it's not going to be sustainable over time. Like there's going to be at some point you're going to have to refactor and you're going to have to kind of rethink how you're going to do stuff. Um, so that's technical debt. Uh, skill debt is kind of similar in the sense of you don't have time. So like a technical debt is when you don't have time to make the technical part of your product as uh, sustainable and efficient as possible. Um, skill debt is when you don't have time to really advance your skill set uh, because you're, you know, so busy trying to ship whatever. So mm. think of it as mm-hmm. you're, you're a junior developer and you're just 
you're just stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again because there's no one around saying, okay, let's teach you how to do something beyond what you currently know. Mm -hmm. And this will happen whether you're a junior or a mid-level or even a senior level engineer, right? Like you can get to the point where you just are so good at that one thing that you never branch out. Mm -hmm. Um, But what happens is if you have a team of, of people who never never clean up their skill debt, then they leave the company because they don't feel like they're advancing. They're not learning anything yeah. new. They're not excited by anything. Exactly. And so this Medium article, which I'll, of course, post in the show notes, um, talks about who's in charge in the company, in the organization, for owning a team's skill debt. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could argue that a tech lead is in charge of owning the technical debt, um, and paying it down, et cetera, et cetera. But who should be in charge of the skill debt? And the article argues <clears throat> that it should be a combination between the the engineering manager and the tech lead. That the the tech lead's job is to. So it was interesting. I, I shared. I, I saw the tweet first. The tweet came out, which was like, um, it says in here, the tech leads should spend twenty percent of their time teaching other members of their team. And I, I was like, whoa, because now that I have this new job as a tech lead, I'm like trying to read everything I can about what this job entails and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And I'm like, 20% of my time, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. Like, how am I supposed to find any time to do this? Mm-hmm. And I shared it with my, uh, with the VP of engineering at, at NPM. And she was like, e no time, no time at all. And then I thought about it and realized we're already doing that. I, I'm having a hard time imagining a tech lead that doesn't spend 20% of their time. Because right now I'm spending like 40% of my time reviewing pull requests mm-hmm. or pairing, like, you know, pairing on, on code or um, pair programming, I guess is the uh, official term. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like doing all these things, like asking questions and making sure that everybody's just moving just outside of their technical comfort zone, that they're learning something new, they're playing with something different. They're, you know, like, that's actually my job, and it's been part of my job the whole time. So the idea of 20% time, it's almost like, how are you not spending 20% of your time <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> improving you know, the skill set of, of your team? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then the other half of it is the engineering manager, like really engaging with each person that they're managing during one-on-ones and like asking them questions like trying to feel out for burnout or Mm. boredom and et cetera et cetera and like so it's a combination it's not any one person's job to Mm. fix the skill debt but rather the whole team yeah but yeah so i thought that was a i thought that was an interesting uh article and um very interesting yeah would be would be curious to hear what people have to say about it in our Slack channel because I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Nice call to action <laughs> there into the Slack channel. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come and discuss it with us. Yeah, um, with me. Discuss. Also, if you have if you know any any information about how to be a tech lead, <laughs> come discuss <laughs> it because I'm. I have, I have, I am just outside of my own personal comfort zone, and I'm learning as I go. But oh, are I you saying it. you want to eat their brains? Yes, <laughs> always. <laughs> Give me your brains. Uh, yeah. brains. Good, good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're wondering how to get to our Slack channel, 
Um, you can find it in our show notes. There's a link to it. Uh, it's like an auto link that'll just get you into our show. Um, and our show notes are at reactive.audio. Yes, so. and you can also reach us at uh, reactivepod. And I am Khalil Tweets on Twitter. Oh, and we have reviews. Woo-hoo! Since appa- apparently Henning can, uh, can actually not scroll down somewhere and read reviews. Look, um, look, scrolling is hard, okay? That's, that's the whole point of above the fold, right? Right, right. The, right. So because if scro- scrolling would be easy, then we wouldn't have a fold at all. It would just be like the, just scrolling and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Infinite scrolling, even. Infinite, infinite. Okay, uh, we have <clears throat> we have Magalhini, Magal Magalhini, <laughs> uh, from Great Britain, um, saying a happy place for developers. Reactive manages to convey the latest news and discussions about what's going on in the mad web world without feeling formal or too serious expect great discussions about web programming and web culture in general with plenty of laughs uh, thanks to the hosts who make you feel like you're having a dinner with a small friendly geeky family every time five stars by the way of course it's great and uh, we also have uh, another review from uh from z Three fear Zephyr, I guess, from uh, from uh, Austria. Keep it up, five stars. Always listen to this podcast on my way to work. Loved every episode so far. Short and sweet. So th- thank you so much for the reviews. That's really really awesome to read. That is really awesome. <clears throat> Huzzah! Um, and we have a new person on our Slack channel. So if you join our Slack channel, we we give a shout out. Um, but Mike Mel G. Welcome. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's also, so. uh, there's, uh, aren't there, uh, there's one or two more, I think. Um, or, or did well, you I shout them out last time already? I think, I think we a... shouted them out last time. Okay. okay. All right. I mean, yeah. Shout outs. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah Ma- um, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said, right? Mike. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. All right, our come join in on the conversation and and hang out with us. And uh, um, I put a Quaka video in the Happy Channel on our Slack org. So excellent. um, You know, if you need a little bit of happy, it's a great place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm Rockbot on Twitter, and uh, you can reach Henning, who is I'm sure still fighting with that silly raccoon. at H Glattergots on Twitter. And uh, I think that's everything for today. It was delightful uh, chatting to you once again. Always, as always. As always. Do you want to chat again next week? Um, yes. But, uh, but cool. actually, uh, hold on. Next week, I'm going to be at... Uh, I'm, I'm going to run JS, so I will not be able to make Wednesday. So... We'll see. Maybe it's just going to be you and Henning, or we'll do it on Thursday. We'll see. We'll have to discuss this in a, a formal meeting uh, at the round table. Yeah, I was I was trying to have like a joke there, and you just got all literal and German on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to think about. I just had to. I just thought about that. I'm not going to be available on Wednesday. Uh, fine. 
whatever. Anyway. <laughs> hey, but this is super cool because then people can hear the behind the scenes, you know, the exciting stuff that happens when they're not listening, you know? <laughs> All right. We should probably say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.